Welcome to a bonus edition of the Talent Economy Podcast, where we will hear firsthand from families, educators, executives, and more about their experiences in embracing remote work in their daily lives. Everyone's in this together right now, and it's, it's a weird spot to be in. We still need to hire people. We still need to bring folks in. And how do we do that when we can't actually use our traditional channels? Dad's on a call, and friends are here. We can't go upstairs. A lot of companies have face-to-face video cameras. We don't have a lot of that, so it becomes a little more challenging working in a virtual environment. In many ways, it feels like we blinked, and suddenly the future of work is now. What happens when people have to suddenly work virtually? How quickly can they adapt? And what is the long-term impact on the way they work and live? These stories will help us understand how the current environment will create a new normal in the way we get work done. My name is Brad Johnson. I work for a large professional services company in their advisory practice. I am in the people and org competency, and I work with primarily large technology companies on designing and implementing programs in their human capital function. You're one of the first consultants I've uh, been able to talk to who both works in an office, but also works remotely sometimes as well. I have a couple of questions for you. What is the current work culture at your company, meaning technology and how information flows? Normally or with the new situation that we're in right now? No, before. I work for an account that's dedicated to a particular client. And so essentially, we try to mirror them as much as possible. I mean, the actual work environment that we have in our office, like nobody has a a dedicated office. You walk in and you check in like you hotel into a office or a cubicle and that's where you're working. But for the most part, we work at the client site. And so we really adopt whatever culture or working style that our clients use because, I mean, that's that's our whole goal is to build relationships and work with our clients. Would you say primarily it's an email culture and a meeting culture or is it more real-time asynchronous like Slacker teams? No, I think it's more meetings, email. I think it's more standard that way. It varies a little bit by client. What has changed in the past couple of weeks? What rules and policies have been put in place? For the most part, especially in this area, clients are working remotely, so we've had to start working remotely as well. What has been the main challenge since you will and your clients have started working suddenly remote? So I think it's interesting because the scenario up until a couple of days ago was this might be a short-term thing. I think people's mindsets were, okay, we're going to be working from home for the next couple of weeks. And now all of a sudden that's shifted to this could extend for a very long time. And so in the beginning, I think it was a little bit more like, okay, let's see if we can reschedule, push things off. Now I think people are figuring out how do we keep things going long-term, knowing that this might be the new normal for an extended period of time. I think the biggest impact for, especially in the advisory space is we have to work with clients and sell work. And you do that best by building relationships. It's hard to build relationships with people over the phone. And so that's something that we're just figuring out now is other than just extending the work that we have, like how do we generate new business? Because that's usually done like in presentations at client sites. And so I don't think we've really felt it because it's still a little new. But, you know, as we head towards the end of our fiscal year and contracts roll over and all of that happens, I think that's going to be really interesting and more challenging. 
And a lot of that business comes from being in, in the flux of a business and, and talking to people and seeing where the opportunities are and where you can provide value. Yeah, 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 it's leadership and management by walking around. Like being present on site is so valuable. It's really hard to replicate virtually. I think everybody's in that position where they're going to have to figure out how to do that. Now let's talk about you personally. You went from going to a client site, I imagine going to meetings and going to various offices and kind of being on the go to now being a remote worker in your own house. Do you enjoy working remote? Not as much as I enjoy working on site. I'm somebody who likes to work in an office. Like that's my game time. I show up, that gets me in sort of my work frame of mind. And I do that. I mean, it's interesting. Like I'll have a day where like I'll, I won't give myself as much time and maybe I'll just like start the work day without even taking a shower. And it throws off my whole day. Like, I'm just not as productive. I'm not as effective. I don't feel as good. And I've had to learn how to resist that. It's like, I don't have more time to, like, hang out. I've got to really just, like, mentally force myself to stay in my work routine, but be at home. Are you finding your flow and structure? Or are you, like, do you get dressed for work and then work? I did have to figure that out. I feel like I'm getting there now. I, I, again, it was this kind of thing where I didn't really feel like I had to structure my routine. But again, now that I'm recognizing that this is going to happen for a month plus two, three, who knows, that like I have to stay in that routine. What would you say your key learning is with what's been going on? I think that it's amazing how variable everybody's life is and the amount of flexibility that we have to have while people adjust to figuring out how they deal with this. Some people have, you know, especially with kids being out of school. So some people, if one parent works and one doesn't, the person who stays home has a lot more work to do. But other than that, like they're covered. Some people who are working professionals, they have daycare that's now closed. And so people are having to shift how they work in terms of like, I can have meetings from this time to this time, but not outside of that. And some of my work time is going to shift around my family schedule. So I'm going to be working more late at night or I'm getting earlier in the morning. I think being sensitive to people's lives is something that we have to do, especially now, if we're going to get the best out of people, if we if we're not sensitive to that, I think we'll lose people because, again, the relationships that we're trying to build with our clients, like also with my teams, I feel like there's a greater distance between us and how we keep the team together, how we lead and manage our teams is just going to have to shift. It's really interesting when you bring up the idea that our personal lives are, are now more important. It's more to the forefront. Like people are balancing things, I think, in a more transparent and urgent way than they were tackling it before when they were working at the nine to five because that structure provided you some sort of consistency that you could manage around. Do you find that people, when they have meetings, are, are more open to that? Like, hey, you know, Bob or, or Joan or, or somebody is not here and let's cover and let's make sure we get that information out. Or is that sort of communication pattern changing due to that? I think people have been more understanding recently. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out in the long term. Because again, I think people are having to, like we have, I have a number of projects in my portfolio. Some of them 
have stopped. Like there was an event that we were planning in April that's totally gone. And so people are shifting off that to other work that is, I mean, some work is becoming more important. So I think people are tolerant of the flexibility of it. But I actually think that in the coming weeks, everyone will sort of have more or less adjusted. And so I I don't know if that sort of tolerance and flexibility is going to continue. It'll vary person to person. There's another consultant out there who is in the same space where relationships matter, where you're both trying to provide value to clients and as well as sell in new work and, and create new value. What are three specific things that you would advise somebody trying to figure this out based on, on your learning and, and your conversations with other colleagues and people? I think the biggest thing is we've got to figure out how to make virtual experiences as rich or richer as in-person experiences. And that's really, really hard to do. I don't know how to do that. But I mean, I think the reality is everybody's recognizing that since this is long term, like we have to keep going and we're going to be more reliant on virtual technologies, remote working, all of that. And so how do we create those rich experiences, continue to build those relationships remotely is something that we've got to give a lot of thought to how we do that to just keep business going. I think that would be the, I would, that would be one. I think the second would be is, you know, again, as leaders and managers of people, we have to also adjust how we lead and manage people in this virtual environment. And some of that is the flexibility that we talked about before. You know, I'm a firm believer that you have to adjust the style that you have based on your team. Like you can't manage everybody the same way and get the best out of people, right? So you've got to be, you've got to adjust your style based on their style. That's harder now. I mean, it's harder now that we're just interacting over a computer screen or a phone, right? And so I think in order to retain good people and keep people motivated and engaged, we're going to have to think of new ways to do that as well. And and probably, you know, like the weekly one-on-one is probably a lot more important than it was when you were in person. And I'm a big believer in one-on-ones. Like, I think they're really important. And so I never cancel. I only reschedule mine. I think those are going to be, I think we have to keep those going to, to keep those relationships. I, I guess the, the third one for me and, and something that I've been thinking about more is how do I stay motivated? I, I think being cognizant about how you feel is really, really important just knowing that it, like just being okay with it bothering you. I mean, everyone's just kind of putting a brave face on, but again, working from home, I don't like it as much as going into the office. I just flat out don't. And so it's something that like before I was kind of just sort of like ignoring, but now it's just like, no, I can be grumpy about it because it's kind of annoying. It's actually good in a lot of ways. Like I get more time with my family, but again, like my game time was showing up into an office. That was my like, compartmentalization of I can focus on all of this right now and like all of that's kind of broken down. I don't know. I, I think it's probably just thinking about how you feel as well, not just how other feels, but how you feel and what do you have to do to keep yourself going, keep yourself motivated. Yes. Yeah, one of the things that in these conversations that I've been having is apparent is the need to check in on people. I mean, I think you brought up a very valuable point of in order for me to check in on others, I need to check in on myself. Like, how am I feeling? How am I going through this? And if I'm struggling with it or it's, you know, making me grumpy, then it's probably doing the same for others. And, and one of the things when I first started working remote 
that was important for me is just check-ins. Hey, I'm just checking in and, and using that, those words of, hey, I'm just checking in and, and having more honest conversations. Well, hey, Brad, thank you so much for taking the time to, to chat with me today. And I, and I wish you the best as you try to figure out the journey of being suddenly remote. Thank you, Paul. Appreciate it. I'm your host, Paul Estes. Thank you for listening to this bonus edition of the Talent Economy Podcast, exploring real stories from real people during this time of unprecedented change. You can hear more insights by subscribing to our podcast or checking out the website, staffing.com, where you can sign up for the weekly newsletter. If you or someone you know would like to share their remote work story, please send me an email at editor at staffing.com. We want to hear from you. 